Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. We have a great afternoon lined up for you, including, of course, door prizes. And uh, maybe, Lacey, let's just do one door prize to kick it off, and then we'll turn things over to Evelyn and Mike. Um, if you would like to be entered to win these awesome door prizes, please go to our website, nccbinfo.org, and register for the convention, pay the small $10 registration fee, and I will add you to the Wheel of Names, as well as, if you have an email address, email you the link to join the webinar instead of just listening via streaming, if you so choose. So, this door prize that we're going to give away is a $25 Cracker Barrel gift card, and that is courtesy of the Greensboro chapter. So, thank you to them. And the winner is Anthony Yellick. So, Anthony, we will get um, Andrea in the corner. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, um, I'm real excited about this next presentation because I actually am a good map user. So, um, I am really happy to be able to welcome Evelyn Kitchener and Mike May from Good Maps, and they'll tell you. I think Mike May is a familiar name to many many of us, and uh, and I'm I'm glad to see him still in the wayfinding business. So, welcome Evelyn and Mike, and uh, take it away. Great, thanks Becky and uh, Peter and everyone that invited us and included us on this event. It it happens to be morning where I am. I um. I'm Mike May. I'm Chief Evangelist at Good Maps, and I've been working in the accessible navigation field for about 26 years with some sidelines into some other things in between. But this is something that's near and dear to my heart, and I think to any blind person who wants to be independent, we have to have different tools in our accessible toolbox, and that would include different navigation devices. And there's not one size that fits all. So um, over the years, I've worked on hardware, software, teaching techniques. There's a lot of things that contribute to how you successfully navigate and how you use these tools. So um, I'm going to be providing color today in our presentation. Evelyn's going to take the lead. She will carry this uh, conversation, but I'm here to contribute my bits and uh, we've we've done a number of these together so Evelyn is a uh, a well-versed navigation person as well um, I by the way I live in um, in Reno Nevada now um, but it's a new virtual world that sort of works to be wherever suits you personally to be and uh, of course if you have good navigation tools you can live and be independent uh, almost anywhere and I'll come back and give some introductory remarks after um, Evelyn uh, gives her background. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Evelyn Titchener. I've been with Good Maps going on two and a half years now. Um, Mike and I have worked together very closely doing sales and partnerships and conferences, um, any, anything related to getting out there and, and making people aware that Good Maps is available and, um, you know, advocating for assistive and accessible technologies, um, across the country and different, different building types, different areas, transit, government, healthcare, universities, um, you name it. Uh, accessibility is important and we need to make sure people are aware of that. 
Um, so a big piece is also just educating uh, buildings and educating people that there is this navigation technology available. Um, and there are so many different ways that we can implement the navigation technology and pair it with other accessible devices. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Uh, Mike, do you want me to go into kind of the Good Maps background or is there any initial thoughts that you wanted to say before we kind of dive into the technology and our, our history? Yeah, I'll make some overall comments while um, the the network is, uh, I mean, if I, if I drop out and just carry on, navigation tool in your toolbox is really important no matter what it is. There's a number of maps that are good for different situations because we were destination-oriented sometimes and want to just look around and browse our environment. And so that's why there's different features of, of any of the popular apps that are important. So we, we know about Nearby Explorer, uh, the CNI GPS. These are two of the more comprehensive accessible navigation tools. Uh, there's ones like Blind Square. Um, Lazario, which is a free app and is a, is a really good one. Uh, and these all focus on outdoor navigation, uh, which is obviously where we're going to be using these most of the time. And so the key factor is that you, you get one of these and you get used to it because if, if, uh, you can't just load them once and then expect to be a proficient user. You know, it takes a little bit of, um, regular familiarity to use any of these. Um, and in an outdoor environment, you know, we're all using GPS, so they're roughly the same in terms of accuracy. The differences tend to be more in the user interface or in the um, the prompting and the verbosity. Um, of course, if you have a Braille display and you can use that in conjunction with them, that's great. Um, you also have some hardware um, options like the, the Victor, uh, the Trek. And some people like being able to push buttons, and that's a good option as well. Um, so in Good Maps launching its app, really a, a matter of what is the need that uh, that we can address. And outdoor navigation is important because if you can also have an indoor option, it's nice if you don't have to uh, have five apps. You could have one that covers all the bases, but you also can't be everything to everybody all of the time. So um, the the Good Maps Explore app being free that's a huge thing because um, it obviously makes it accessible to people if it's free, but also it covers the basic outdoor navigation capabilities. And then um, Evelyn will tell you more about the the indoor aspects. The other thing I'd say about navigation in general is I I think it's important because of what I've coined as the power of getting unlost. Um, you, depending on your capabilities, you might be able to get by totally on your own or you don't mind getting lost or exploring. But most of the time, people don't really want to go off of a familiar course because they're worried that, you know, you're going to get lost and sighted people don't always give accurate information when you ask them for help. They, 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 um, they mean to be helpful, but a lot of times they don't know and they give you wrong directions. So when you have one of these devices, that gives you uh, an option for location information around you or for routing, then that gives you the ability to get lost more often and to explore. And so for blind people, we, we've often not had that ability to just wander. And then, of course, indoors. I mean, who wants to go window shopping if you can't see the windows? 
Um, so there's a lot to be said in, in my thinking of how these things should be designed to giving us options, um, to, um, you know, to the, the techniques that we've been using uh, on our own without the technology. So let me, uh, turn it over to Evelyn to tell more about good maps and, um, some of the things that we're doing there. Great. So yes, yeah, so Good Maps um, was born out of the American Printing House for the Blind in 2019. Um, originally, the goal was to further their mission in accessible indoor navigation. Um, many of you all are probably aware of their app, Nearby Explorer. Um, we basically took over that mission and started to determine, you know, what are, what are the core problems that we're trying to address? And like Mike mentioned, GPS is pretty, you know, well evolved. So we thought, okay, outdoor navigation isn't really where we should focus. There's hardly any indoor maps and hardly any indoor navigation available in the world. And that's where we're going to spend our time. So, um, we started about two years ago determining, you know, the main problem was, Having the actual maps and then having the navigation on top of those maps for indoor spaces. Um, as you all know, when you're outside, you can get turn by turn or step by step navigation from, uh, you know, maybe American Printing House to the Blonde to a restaurant in the area um, with Google or Apple Maps or some of the other apps Mike mentioned. But what we were trying to address is the actual indoor step by step navigation or turn by turn navigation because um, that that's very hard to come by and uh, there's not much out there. So uh, what we started with was APH had done some indoor mapping using laser measurements. So most people just have floor plans from, you know, 1950 or uh, some paper floor plans that they have in their closet of their building. Um, very few people have actual digital maps. And we started realizing that is the main problem because uh, we would get the floor plans and we we would convert the floor plans and then we would try to go into the building and navigate with beacon with a beacon system at the very beginning. And we would walk through a space and it would say this there's a wall there or there was supposed to be an elevator there. Well, the building has been renovated and those floor plans aren't accurate anymore. So um, the start of our platform and our solution is around the actual maps. So what we do is we come to a building and we take a LIDAR scan of the building with a LIDAR backpack. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with LIDAR, it's basically like a bunch of little points um, that create a 3D image of a space. And what, what we can take from those LIDAR points and from that original scan is all of the images and all of that scan data, we can develop these highly accurate maps where we don't have to rely on floor plans anymore. And we know where the building, how the building is built after it's been renovated and, and after they've made changes to it in the past. So we get a really good up-to-date real-time idea of what that building is with our scan. Um, and so our mapper, they walk in and they carry the backpack on their back and it's collecting that LIDAR data and 360 degree camera data um, as they walk through the whole building. And they're going in every single room, every single closet, um, as much data as we can possibly collect um, and all of the point of interest data that you would want to know. So fire exit, water fountains, lobbies. Um, office names, AED devices, fire extinguishers, like anything you want to know, we can tag it. 
um, because the more data in our mind, the better so that we can have that available for the venue and for the end user that is um, ultimately navigating through the building. So the, the first piece of the puzzle was creating this mapping platform and this mapping technique that would allow us to get updated information about the building. Um, secondly, we have paired that mapping data with our navigation platform, Good Maps Explore, which is the app that Mike mentioned that's available on iOS and Android. Um, that app runs on camera-based positioning, and it runs on that original scan that we take of the building. So um, as you all probably know, a lot of the other indoor navigation systems use beacons or these hockey puck size um, things that you have to stick all over the walls that run on Bluetooth um, and they're battery powered. Um, and you have to put a lot of them in a building to, to make a difference. Um, so it's a lot of maintenance and a lot of upkeep to get all of those added to the building and then change the batteries. And, and so we thought, you know, that's not really realistic for a venue to keep up, um, up to date and, and powered on. And to be quite frank, they're not super accurate. And our goal was to improve the accuracy. Um, and we're currently seeing, you know, between two, two and three, four feet from the door or whatever your point of interest is. Um, so the accuracy is as much improved from beacon to camera-based positioning. So um, as you can imagine, a user walks into the building, they get Good Maps Explore out, uh, they load up the phone, and it's going to ask, are you inside American Printing House for the blind? So once you say yes, it triggers that camera-based positioning, and it starts to compare what it sees on the camera to that original scan data that we collected. So you can it, you can um, imagine it as like a matching game to determine your location. Um, and so it determines your location in the building. And then at that point, you can do look around mode. You can search for specific points of interest. Um, you can use be my eyes, but you can, there's so many different features in the indoor navigation capability, but you can select a point of interest and then you can choose to receive directions to that point of interest. And it is step by step directions, um, through the building to get you to your desired destination. So, um, that is, that is kind of the solution in a, in a quick, quick synopsis. Mike, anything you want to add to that? I was going to play the user video next to show how that actually happens. I mean, you can hear the voiceover as that's happening through a building. Yeah, that sounds good. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to play um, the video of, let me see here. We've got a user video that shows uh, three different users. One is actually navigating outdoors using Good Maps Explorer. And then the other two scenarios is is um, Paul going from in outdoor to indoor and then him choosing a route in American Printing House for the Blonde to navigate to. So that's our um, that's what the overview of the video is. My job is to make college easy because students have a lot of fun. Good Maps. Maps for the mission. Navigating indoor spaces can be difficult, even in the best of times. But now imagine the signs are hard to read, or in another language. Or you're at a museum, and there's no way to experience or get information about the exhibits. 
Good Maps Explorer is an accurate indoor and outdoor information and navigation application that helps everyone, whether they're visually impaired or not, navigate safely and efficiently. Good Maps Explorer is powered by Good Maps Studio Mapping Data, which provides the best indoor mapping data available. We create our maps using LiDAR scans to collect a library of images and an accurate representation of the indoor space. Once the maps are created and loaded into the Explorer application, we use camera-based positioning to accurately locate the user. Camera-based positioning also minimizes the need for installing hardware, such as beacons. Join us on a user experience tour featuring a woman using Good Maps to navigate her neighborhood and a gentleman using Good Maps outdoor navigation to arrive at a building, then transition to indoor mode so that he can find the library. Heading ease, 118 feet, 10 o'clock to 2D, 30 breakfast and lunch. 317 feet ahead to 109th Street. Heading ease, year 10,900, 321F MW, 275 feet straight ahead to the Lockwood T. Near 109th Street MW. Good job, T. Facing northeast, 168 feet, 11 o'clock to Heritage Dental Center. Okay, and so we're now at the crossroad of 109th Street and 21 Avenue, under location. Good maps. Near State Street, 120 feet, 4 o'clock to American Printing House for the Blind. Destination, Lynn's Cafe, 622. Location, heading, heading northeast, near 139 Frankfort, 8th, 197 foot right to 1844 Frankfort Avenue. Destination, Lynn's Cafe, 560 feet, 11 o'clock. 256 foot ahead to State Street. Are inside American Printing House for the Blind? Confirm location on home page. Yes, 108 switched, cellular, calibrating position. Position established. Front lobby. Facing northwest. American Printing House awards case 5 feet straight ahead. Position established. Look around tab. Unselected. Look around. Heading. Northeast. Office. 7 feet. Break room. 17 feet. Southwest. West stairwell 2. 45 feet. Web. Northeast. Wonder room. 24 feet. Water fountain. 26 feet. Copier slash storage. Southwest. L library 45 feet. Button. Miguel library. Heading. 45 feet south. Options, heading, directions, button, directions, establishing, position established, Miguel Library, 46 feet, walking time, start, button, start, status continue, 40 feet. Slight left in 20 feet. You have arrived, Miguel Library, door 10 o'clock. Learn more about Good Maps at www.goodmaps.com. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of how the routes take place when you're in a building and um, the information that you're going to be receiving. So continue 30 feet, turn left, go up a stairwell, um, exit the stairwell. So it gives you a decent amount of information as you're walking through space. Um, at the end, um, for those of you that weren't able to see the a uh, very end screen pops up and gives you a be my eyes option so that if you arrive at the door and then you, you need to find your desk or, you know, they, there's an outlet you need to find or something, um, it will, you can call be my eyes right out of that screen and it will shoot you over to be my eyes so that you can continue your, on to your destination. Um, Evelyn, and- I, I would, um, also, I would also add that you, you hear all that information being spoken and, and, um, once you have this experience, you'll find out that wow, you know, let's how do I, how do I you know, do my mobility and then also 
listen to that information, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And it does take a bit of practice because you've gone from situation where you have no information to one where you have lots of information. And that just takes a little bit of experience to kind of let that operate in the background, same as it does outside. Uh, inside, the differences are you don't have street names. You're just being directed, go, you know, so far, turn left in 50 feet. Uh, you don't have street names because hallways aren't named. But the points of interest are similar, like a reception desk, an elevator, bathroom. Those are kind of the same as outside, and they're just given to you in terms of the distance and direction. And once you kind of simplify it in your mind to look at it that way, pretty soon you're starting to get a mental image of what a building is like when you're walking around inside rather than feeling like that's a lot of information to digest. Yes, that's a, that's a good point, Mike. And in the video, um, you heard it talk a little bit about museums. And actually, this past week, Mike was in town with Gina um, Harper, and we were able to go to the Speed Art Museum, which is a building we have mapped in Louisville. Um, and we've gone there multiple times to, you know, use the technology and Mike's used it there multiple times. But this was the first time Gina was able to use it there. Um, and it was very eye opening to me to see her navigating, um, probably doing like five different routes. So from the entrance to a specific exhibit on to the elevator to go downstairs, then onto the cafe and finding the restroom. And so all of these points of interest and being able to actually engage in the app and have a full museum experience uh, was was really neat to see. Um, and something that we're working on in the museum experience is adding what we call extended information um, in the app. So it's great that you can navigate to an exhibit. For instance, she she navigated to the African art uh, exhibit, but then she was like, well, how do I find out more information if they don't have Braille or if it's not a tactile map or I can't touch it? So that is what we're working on now and will be live very soon is um, the extended information that will say, okay, now you're at the African art um, exhibit. Here is some of the information that's in the room. So these three sculptures and, and giving artist information and providing links and, um, you know, more information that actually allows you to uh, interact with, with the items that you're navigating to. So um, we're really excited for that because I think that's going to expand the museum experience and some of the other, um, like for instance, with colleges and universities, they want to be able to have extended schedules and, and professor information in their extended information. So um, that's a, a really interesting feature that's coming up um, that I wanted to point out that was not in that video. Um, and then also in terms of kind of where is Good Maps, you know, what are we currently doing? Um, and probably... Uh, Evelyn, sorry, let me jump in for one second because you were talking about museums. And uh, I think we're, um, you talked about the Speed Museum in Louisville. Um, any place where we might want to be scanning and uh, letting people know where we're going to deal with the Maritime Museum? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, good, good jump in there, Mike. So uh, we will be scanning the NC Maritime Museum in Beaufort in 
by the end of the year, um, we're planning, I'm looking at a November scan timeline, uh, potentially earlier. We've got a couple of scans coming up with our mappers and our mapping team is growing, but we're very excited to get out there, get that um, museum mapped, have that available for the public to be able to go test and check it out. Um, obviously, being able to use this extended information feature is going to be super cool and adding all of that, the exhibit info in. So um, that's a really excited, uh, exciting museum opportunity that we have coming up. Um, and then also in terms of some of the other things that we have in the pipeline, some other uh, opportunities that we're working on is we have a partnership with CNIB um, in Canada. And then we're also working to grow in the UK uh, with a partnership with Neil Barnfather um, that we're working with. He's on our team um, getting the word out there, advocating um, in the UK as well. So we are growing outside of the country. Um, and, and one planned uh, partnership that Mike is ad, um, that is avidly working on is an Australian partnership um, and beginning to expand into Australia and potentially New Zealand. So um, we're very excited about that. And then in terms of kind of some domestic stuff we've going on, got going on here in the US, um, we are expanding into... Quite a few colleges and universities across the country. Um, we're starting to get some corporate offices. Uh, and we actually just recently won a Nidler grant um, that we are partnering with NYU and a few other partners uh, to develop a more robust um, navigation experience that includes other disabilities. So, for instance, we're going to have experiences that will be open to people who are deafblind, um, people who are hard of hearing, mobility impaired, um, aging population, um, cognitive disabilities. So, making this a navigation experience for all is our ultimate goal. Um, and so, making it accessible to anyone that enters the building so that they can engage with all of the information um, and navigate easily throughout, you know, some different buildings, complex buildings. So, um, that is something that we have coming up that we're super excited with about and Mike is um, driving, which we just found out about uh, at the beginning of September. So. Yeah, and that's a three-year project, but over the course of that project, the, there's two key things that, are, that we can be really neat to work on, and that's custom routes. So you can have a route uh, that's set up based on your preferences. So let's say uh, somebody in a wheelchair would obviously want to have a step-free route, but maybe there's some blind people who go to stairs uh, for whatever reason, or use crutches or some other reason. Um, so that's really how we deal with different disabilities. It's not so much that we're dealing with the disability as we're allowing people to choose customization of their route based on different parameters. And then um, the other thing we'll be working on is there are various techniques in indoor navigation that go beyond the LIDAR and the camera base to provide even more accurate navigation indoors. And that involves uh, collaborating with other companies that have already mapped airports and large department stores and such. And we want to try to integrate their technology with ours so that we can expand and scale uh, faster than just doing one building at a time ourselves. Yes, that's a good point, Mike. And it's it's um, what our CEO, Jose, says is it's kind of like a choose your own adventure experience. So. Um, yeah, we're really excited to get the ball rolling there and expanding our functionality 
to um, include everyone and making it you know easier for everyone to navigate complex spaces. Um, and so I'm going to show another video since we have Mike on the call. I'm going to show Mike navigating indoors at APH. Um, and this is a longer route. So it gives you a better understanding of what does this look like to walk for like two or three minutes down a hallway and have to go up and down stairs and just a more complex route than an easy, okay, I just need to get like three doors down in my office. So um, let me get that pulled up. And I'll be using my uh, my guide dog, Golden Retriever, seeing eye dog, Johnny. All right, here we go. Good maps. Maps for the mission. At the American Printing House for the Blind, Mike will create a route from the offices to the museum conference room. Are you inside American Printing House for the Blind? Dismiss button. Yes button. Calibrating position. Hold phone in photo position. Position established. In office. Search for POIs at American Printing House. Miguel Library 50. Museum Conference Room 253 feet south. Button. Museum Conference Room 200. Search results. Options. Head directions. Loading directions. Calibrating position. Oh. Hold phone in photo position. Position established. Continue 37 feet. Turn right ahead. Turn right ahead. Turn right and continue 27 feet. Continue 23 feet. Continue 23 feet. Turn left ahead. Enter stairwell and go down one floor. Mike has entered the stairwell and will descend a two-part staircase to the floor below. Enter stairwell and go down one floor. Mike exits the stairwell and enters a hallway. Continue 72 feet. Continue 27 feet. Continue 20 feet. Turn right and continue 185 feet. Continue 176 feet. Slight left and continue 159 feet. Continue 145 feet. Mike is walking down a long straight hallway. Continue 109 feet. Continue 100 feet. Continue 36 feet. Turn right ahead. Turn right and continue 12 feet. Turn right and continue 9 feet. Enter elevator and go up 1.5 floors. Enter elevator and go up 1.5 floors. Please make sure you are holding your phone in photo position. Second floor, museum. 
Mike exits the elevator into the museum. Turn right and continue 19 feet. Arrived at destination, museum conference room entrance, right. Right, so the entrance is over here. Learn more about Good Maps at www.goodmaps.com. So as a little um, note there that where you hear the sound transitions, we just set up the video because it was such a long route. But that gives you an example of, you know, when you are selecting a long route and going from multiple different levels, downstairs, up an elevator, into other areas of a building, um, that it gives you pretty good information as you're moving along. Um, and continues to reinforce that you are going in the right direction. Evelyn, do you um, you think we should transition to uh, questions at this point? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, uh, the only other thing I was going to touch on is, um, as you guys know, we have both outdoor and indoor capabilities on Good Maps Explore, and we're working here in the next couple of months to um, expand that outdoor functionality so it is more robust and that. Um, it is, you know, it has more features. And so that's something that's coming in the next quarter. So um, be watching out for announcements on that as well. A couple of quick questions. One is, it, 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 it is the case that to use this system, you do not need a phone with LiDAR capability itself. That is that That's correct, correct? That, yes, that is correct, Bob. The LiDAR is only for our scanning purposes. So we support um, both Android and iOS back to, I believe, iPhone 7. Um, Mike, I'm not sure if you know the Android, but it's like Android 10, I think. Um, so, yes, we support um, most of all the new models. Yeah, that's and, correct. And, uh, you, you know, downstream as LiDAR gets a little bit more powerful in a in a small setting right now it's not in the uh in the iPhones that's just for a fairly short distance but it would be great uh, down the road if people can crowdsource their own maps in other words use their own lidar phones to create maps sure maybe you could create a breadcrumb route someplace um but uh, yeah that's a ways off yet okay in terms of your extended info uh, does the venue has the ability to put the text they want into your system and yeah. change it down the road, correct? Yes, Bob, that's a good point to make. So in Good Map Studio, where the mapping data lives, the venue has um, will get a login, and it's a website that they can log into, um, and they can go in and update any of that extended information, add points of interest, Say, you know, Miss Smith's move, Miss Smith's room moves down three doors. They can go in and update all of that information. So it is very dynamic and interactive in the studio where venue, the venue can edit and maintain the data. And they, you know, they would typically have either a text file um, or an MP3 file that described a particular exhibit. And they would be responsible for keeping that updated. And, and what we're really offering is just a link in our app. Uh, that's triggered by proximity. So when you're near that African art exhibit, uh, that would trigger that particular one if you clicked on the button, and then it would play the MP3 file that the museum has provided. Okay, and my last question, um, what's the status? Uh, I looked at early versions of the indoor 
uh, good maps. And, and you had an, the idea of a virtual tour where you could, quote unquote, go to the venue uh, virtually ahead of time to kind of familiarize yourself with it. What's the status of that? Um, we have a virtual, I wouldn't call it a tour. I guess you could call it that, but it's, um, I think the idea of a virtual tour is something that's more broadly used for like real estate or, um, uh, or visually touring a particular facility. But in, in our case, what you can do is right now, when you download the free Good Maps Explorer app, you can go into the more tab and under that it'll say indoor venues. And you pick a venue, and then you can explore in two ways. You can either pick a destination from a, from the points of interest, and then it'll give you a route that's um, sort of predetermined to walk at a couple miles an hour, because obviously you're not moving. You're just sitting there listening. Or you can uh, jump from point to point and explore what's near the, nearby. And that can be indoors, and that also is a capability in, in – uh, explore outdoors if you want to go to a mall and see well what else is in that mall you can virtually pick that target or home depot and then see what else is around that area um, by using the look around mode in the app great thank you joe well mike this is awesome i can't i can't wait to try um good maps somewhere in my life and i'm sure i'll have a chance to do that I know I did hear the, the collar and the chains of a guide dog. Um, I've been a guide dog user for almost 50 years and don't know how you and the dog adjust to these directions. For instance, if there's somebody in your way, do you have a clue that, hey, there's a WP head or... Um, there's a crowd ahead or anything like that, or just the dog? Just... Uh, uh, well, uh, you know, I've, I've teased that the easy thing would be is instead of having headphones and you listening to the directions, let's just skip a step, put them on the dog yeah. and, and let right. the device guide the dog. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, you, um, so this information is strictly to tell you what's around and uh, it does not give you obstacles. Now, if if you have, let's say you're walking down a street and there's a place where there's an overhang that your dog doesn't pick up and you just yeah. want to be reminded not walk along with your hand up in the air, you could record that as a user point of interest, the tree branch overhang, and then you would be reminded of that when you were nearby. But it... The the device right now is not going to tell you about obstacles or people to get in the way or the WP, as we know that means wobbly person. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that's it's not going to tell you about that. There there are capabilities if you use some of the apps like uh, SuperSense or Super Lidar. They're starting to use lidar and camera information to tell you about social distancing, and and they'll they'll tell you right in there. This don't depend on this, but it is auxiliary information that could be useful. And maybe at some point, uh, the, the camera LIDAR would be integrated so that you, you're hearing orientation information and you're also saying, heads up, uh, you're, you're approaching a crowd and maybe you should try to divert one way or the other. And but that's, that's um, not something that's doing yet. Okay. Where do you personally 
keep your your smartphone or your navigation equipment so that you can have it at the ready and still use um, that guide dog in harness to work around the navigation map and get through a building. Right. So this is one key point to recognize. Every device, every tool has its strengths and its weaknesses. And if you know what those weaknesses are, then you're a more effective user of that technology. In the case of a camera-based navigation device, the camera has to be able to view the world. It doesn't need to necessarily see it 100% of the time, but that means that your camera needs to be in a shirt pocket, in a, on a lanyard, or in a pouch on a backpack. Uh, there are technologies that we're working towards that might allow you to have the phone put away some of the time. But right now, when you're using the indoor navigation, not outdoors, it doesn't matter outdoors because you're using GPS, but for the indoor positioning, you have to have the camera exposed. So when you heard me navigating, you heard that Australian voiceover say, put your phone in photo position, which means have it vertical. Okay. I wondered what that meant. You have to yeah. work at that for a while to... Yeah. Make sure it's in the correct position for use. Um, and the, you know, the good thing is you're not, you're not walking around for an hour with the phone held up in front of you. You know, you, you might j- just be doing it for, uh, you know, for a couple of minutes as you find your way to your destination or as you explore a particular facility. All right. Thank you. Any other questions? Okay. Our next raised hand is Peter. Hello. This is Peter. Uh, I wanted to personally thank Evelyn and Mike for the wonderful, exciting announcement. If you Maritime Museum to go ahead and do the LIDAR scan, that's a very exciting thing for us here. And hopefully for all those who can come visit Beaufort, all my fine friends, um, I envision that the Maritime Museum, through this effort, is going to be trying to become a, a living, working laboratory for some blind technology, and I know that Good Maps is hopefully going to get a lot of good feedback from all those of us who come and use Good Maps in this facility. So I just wanted to publicly thank you guys for that, and um, Good Maps is an awesome partner to be with. Thanks, Peter, and we're very excited, and um, I'm excited about the timing so that we can also implement the extended information and make make the museum even more interactive and um, lively for everyone that's entering it. So. Um, yes, we're very excited to get the ball rolling. Okay, and I'm going to ask one question, Evelyn. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about where you see the future of a function you've added in, which is what three words to good maps? Yeah, I, Mike, you might know a little bit more about words integration because I was less in the loop on that one. Well, it's one of those things that, uh, for those who don't know, what three words is a way of naming every square meter on earth so every every place has a lat lawn associated with it but you won't necessarily remember if it says 121.3.5.792 but you would potentially remember if something said orange hat steer and so these what three words people have come up with a mechanism of naming um, all of these lat lawns around the world with three words. So if you happen to want to 
a turn what three words on in the Explore app, you can find out what the front door of your house is named with these three words, and you could share that with somebody else. How practical that is, um, I don't know. You know, maybe you want to name a campsite or something. Uh, it could be useful, but it's just one of those things that was easy for us to throw in there, and uh, it's in the app, and how it gets used, I think, remains to be seen. Thank you for that, Mike, and uh, I've got some thoughts. So um, turn it over to other questions. Yeah, it certainly would be useful, um, Peter, speaking of maritime, in in the in boating situations because you're you have just random spots that aren't named out in, in the middle of the ocean. So I'm sure sailors would use the wet three words for uh, useful things, naming a, a favorite fishing spot. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Alan? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Good afternoon. Uh, this good map sounds interesting. Is and I'd like to know: is that a built-in speech, or or can you change your speech and slow it down? Because I'm used to voiceover, and I'm I'm and when it when it speeds up and starts talking fast, that's when I get lost. Oh yeah, and you can you can choose whatever voice you want and whatever speed you want. We're using the voiceover of your phone, and we don't have. Um, we don't have anything separate going on. If you turn voiceover off for sighted people who want prompting, um, they will get some speech, but that's, that's different than when you're talking about. Yeah, because if you turn that speech off, I am L-O-S-T. Yeah, gotcha. Same here. All right, thank you. How much does that cost? It costs a big fat zero. Oh, okay. I got that. Yeah. Yeah, so the app, Alan, is completely free to anyone that uh, downloads it and it's on Android and iOS um, to implement Good Maps into a building. Um, we charge the venue to have the mapping completed and, and the building hosted. Um, so it's an upfront fee and then a yearly fee for them to host the data. Um, and so we, you know, we felt that it should be free to the end user. Um, and that buildings should want to make their buildings more accessible. So um, to have good maps installed in a building, uh, that's how I usually work with them. Mike and I work with them um, to get them up and running, and then it's available to the end user. Any other questions? Bob Warren. Yeah, real real quick. I'm, like Peter, I'm very excited that the Maritime Museum is going to be uh, mapped fairly soon, and uh, in part because I think it will be a great venue for uh, other um, locations uh, to come and get get a sense of what it could be like for their facility. In particular, uh, Peter and I and Bill Graham have been working with um, the North Carolina Museum of Art in Raleigh, and they're they're quite interested and would like to see good maps in action. For if if we had two minutes, could you could you also talk about some of the features of good maps that would appeal to? Uh, facility, things like facility management and asset tracking and other aspects of the um, app that help sighted folks. Absolutely. Um, thanks for kind of making that segue, Bob. Um, and so uh, all of this is a, a based around the maps, as we spoke about before. So the navigation technology is built on top of those original maps. So we're also starting to explore other use cases for these maps because um, a lot of times 
venues don't have big budgets for accessible technology. Um, and there's other ways that if we can provide other use cases that we can give them another use case and they can also get navigation um, for their building. And so it's kind of like um, two birds with one stone kind of thing. Um, so some of the things we're building on top of Good Maps mapping platform is a visual experience. So we are going to be doing a sighted navigation experience uh, for anyone that wants to navigate and see their blue dot on a map. Um, so it is very focused on indoors and um, fully visual on a map. Um, some of the other things we're focusing on is facility management and emergency response. So um, as I've been talking to people and as I'm communicating with buildings, I always get put in touch with the facilities team to be able to come do the scanning. Well, the facilities team is like, I could really use these maps also just to be able to know, okay, this is where my HVAC closets are. This is where my IT closets are. Um, I can easily point vendors that are coming to fix some of these things to where the, where they're located in a building. Um, and to be quite frank, a lot of them just don't have digital floor plans or digital maps of their space that are up to date um, that can be updated on the fly. So facility management is very interested. And then thirdly, is the emergency response piece. So, um, for, for instance, we're working with University of Massachusetts Boston Campus Safety. Uh, we have installed in their campus center um, for navigation. They're also using the maps for facilities team. And then their campus safety wants access to the maps to be able to mitigate any type of emergencies and be able to point their responders in the right direction and give them the quickest routes to the emergency. Um, because they also just have, you know, paper floor plans or outdated floor plans. And they're kind of sending their people in um, on a whim if they don't know much about the building. So um, building out some of those other use cases, and Bobby mentioned asset tracking, that's one that we're also looking at for healthcare facilities and being able to track devices across hospitals. So there's a lot of other things that these maps can be used for. And all in the same time, we're furthering accessibility in these buildings. So um, it's, it's a very exciting um, path that we're on and being able to provide these maps to like all kinds of different segments. Um, and I know, I believe, Joe, you mentioned you wanted to try good maps and we are working to build out a full building list on our website on the Become a Venue page. Uh, we have about 25 mapped buildings and we have, um, I think it's like 35 to 40 that are scanned. So it's, you know, kind of a process to get it mapped and get it live. Um, but we're slowly growing, growing and expanding the buildings and we'll be posting those on the website. And you can also find a list in the Good Maps Explore app under the more option. So that is growing on a weekly basis. Um, so that's, we're really excited about that and pushing out new maps each week. Right, I think we're just about out of time. Uh, this is Becky again. And uh, I want to thank Evelyn and Mike for an excellent presentation. And I want to let people know that um, these the, the entire convention is being uh, recorded from the stream. So um, you'll be able to go back to this when it becomes available as a podcast or through ACB Media. And also, we'll be uh, posting it on the nccbinfo.org website when it becomes available. So uh, we really appreciate both of you being here and uh, 
safe travels there, Mike. And uh, congratulations on what what is continuing to become a great product. Oh, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting us, and um, have a good rest of the convention. I'm um, going to sign off and head to an Oakland Athletics game today. So um, go A's. All right. Okay then. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at info at goodmaps.com. So um, we can uh, follow up any conversations there. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Um,